Now back to the Green Architects Lounge. Uh, now joining us is uh, Jesse Thompson, although he's not here to complain. He's here to actually share uh, his professional knowledge. Because Jesse is, uh, this, this segment is, so you want to become a uh, passive house consultant. Jesse is a passive house consultant. Want to be. Want to be. Or in <laughs> training. In tra- he's he's one it? test away. He's a Padawan of passive house. He's he's one. T- he's just, he just winced like, you goober. I am. <laughs> I am. It's okay. Um, yeah, because that was from the um, new Star Wars movies, which, I mean, Chris, those just, those are for your kids. Sorry about the Padawan comment. How you doing, Jesse? I'm all right. Good. All right. Good. That's good. Because we're not going to talk about what's bothering you. We're gonna, we want no, your insight right. on your Passive House uh, consultant training. So, sure. Yeah, we so, want to hear the specifics. Because like, I'm, I'm right behind you, man. I want to, next time there is training offered mm-hmm. in my area, I, if I am able to take three days off of, uh, you know. Three, three days. Nine days, Chris. Holy monkey. This is hard. <laughs> it's very hard. And I... So I, I finished the Passive House Consultant training this summer in Boston, and it was three three-day sessions, three days in June, three days in July, three days in August. Wow. And so I you know, took three, nine days out of my summer to do this, and uh, taking the bus down to Boston every day, and uh, Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays. Uh, family wasn't too thrilled about that. No, no. But uh, and, and how much does it cost? I mean, that's a part of it. I don't remember. Is it like 300 bucks each? His That's... partner remembers a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Google not, Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. But um, I, yeah, I may be the happiest man in the room for not having to go through that. I'm happy that my partner was up for it. That, that is heard. cool. So, yeah, yeah. 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 So what, one thing I'll say is that as you, you finish school from whatever you do in life, and you, how do you get any education after that? You go to seminars, maybe you go to something like the Nessie Conference or Green Build. Maybe you get smarter that way. You stay up late at night reading yeah. green websites. Yeah. There's only so many, many ways to get smarter after you've finished whatever education you got. And as an architect, you don't get a lot of technical building training in architecture school. Right. So uh, this was probably the most intensive uh, education I've had since I finished architecture school. It, wow. Uh, Cause I, Maybe that's I, not saying much, but it was still, it was three three-day sessions. Well, yeah. I, I consider you a smart guy and a, and a guy like, I think the three of us here, we're, we're constant students. You know, mm-hmm. we're always open to hear other good ideas and we're always clang, you know, clinging to all those articles and things and have heard something new. But so this is, now you're, you're sitting in a classroom and, and what are they presenting? Like, what's day one? Yeah, and it, it's not really architecture, is it? It's engineering, essentially. It is physics, as much as anything so <laughs> yeah uh there's there's a lot of people with some panic looks on their faces after about day one and they do say the first three day sessions are the worst uh, if you can get through the first three days you can make it to the rest uh, you you spend a lot of time in spreadsheets you spend a lot of time on moisture analysis and uh building hygro hygrometry i you know and take the test soon <laughs> you spend a day on single family houses you spend a full session on multifamily houses you spend a day doing woofy moisture analysis which is a free software download from a german university and i think lawrence livermore labs put this out mm-hmm. that lets you analyze walls and roofs 
to see if they're going to fail through moisture problems. Uh, you spent a day with Therm, which was taught by David White out of Brooklyn, who's uh, as brilliant a person as you. I've spent time around. Therm is a graphical analysis that lets you figure out the insulating values of complex wall sections, like a rim joist, mm. uh, a rim joist where it meets the foundation, and what's the actual R value of that whole joint. Um, how do you analyze a thermal bridge where you've got a piece of steel sticking through the skin of the building? How bad right. is that one spot? You spend a whole day on that. Uh, and and, and do you, are you able to then take that and input it back into the PHPP? You, it depends on how quick you are. Because it at least <laughs> teaches you what you don't know, yeah, and it uh -huh. gives you it gives you a it's only a day. I mean, even that. So something like Therm, I assume you could spend a full semester at university learning this, and maybe possibly be good at it, and you only get a day. But that's a day more than just about anybody else I know has gotten. So mm -hmm. uh, you do a day on how to be a consultant. You do a day just on mechanical systems. Um, you know, minimize mechanical systems. What what is likely to be used and what isn't. Uh, you see a lot of pictures of buildings. You, um, and the other piece that's really fascinating is that, so passive house is a, a low energy standard. It's mm -hmm. all about energy use. It's, yeah. it's on the face of it, only about energy. Except that you realize after you've been sitting there for about six days that it's probably about half learning how to build a high quality German building as it is <laughs> building a low energy building that uh, you know, why is it 0.6 air changes per hour at 50 pascals? Well, that's the number that the physicists at the Passive House Institute decided. If you hit that level, your building is at a low risk for moisture damage. Mm -hmm. That's a quality standard, not, a not an energy, energy standard. It's a how do we make sure these high quality buildings don't rot out? So, and some of the, you talk a lot about air barrier location and which direction walls dry out and those are heavily German influenced in terms of the way Europeans build buildings. Mm -hmm. uh, you talk a lot about windows. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, nine days of sitting in a classroom learning the guts of buildings. So it's as, in, it's as intensive a building education as I've ever gotten. It, it actually sounds, I mean, I hear you say, it, it sounds great. It sounds, I mean, but I enjoy being a student. So, yeah. I mean, the well, bus ride, maybe not. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I'm, uh, how many people were architects? How many were engineers? Hmm. How many people were in the session? Are there 30 yeah. people there? Are there 12? Yeah, I would say it was between 30 and 50. And and I think it varied. There was there was some drop-off after the first session. In the Boston session, it was, uh, you know, I would say 30% architects, perhaps. There's a couple policy people. There was some students building a solar decathlon house Sweet. out of mass art, you know, and so there's, you know, there they are, they're getting a better building training than I ever got in my entire college education in this nine days. Uh, you know, God bless them. They're going to, they're going to be doing some neat stuff. Uh, yeah, get their resumes. Yeah. There was some, uh, energy auditor type folks sort of building science, fixing mm -hmm. buildings kind of folks. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there was in a fair amount of contractors. Uh, Katrine said, there's in the Pacific Northwest, maybe it was heavier on builders, especially design builders. Mm -hmm. New England, it's more architects. I think it varies when they go around the country about who shows up to these things. Interesting. What and, what of, and what about the climate? Were people coming from colder climates? Well, this was Boston. So this is, most people were coming from colder places than Germany. Yeah. So some of the conversation is about when you start building buildings in colder places than Germany, where Germany is much more like Seattle or Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And when you're in 
Portland, Maine or Burlington, Vermont, you're in a notch colder than Germany. So the cost balance really shifts and the quantity of insulation need really shifts and you, you got to get your passive solar right. So those things were on the table as well. Uh, people were working in colder places than Germany. So the, the strict German model might not work. And once, mm-hmm. once you uh, do take your test, mm-hmm. and, you're done, and so that test, is that, is that similar to the lead test, only it's just one? Well, I don't know because I haven't taken it yet. Oh, okay. But, but, <laughs> but I mean, that's how I envision it is that, you know, you go to the learning center and you log yeah. in and, you know, two hours later you walk out either happy or, or sad. Yeah, so the, I, the Passive House organization is a pretty young organization. I mean, there's, this is, I mean, barely five years even doing much of anything. The Passive House Alliance is a brand new thing they've just started, with, which has regional chapters. The regional chapters, I think, are going to be giving the exams from now on. The that first round of Passive House Consultants got a test written by Fias, um, and the next these tests that are going on right now are coming from Germany. So mm. there's a little bit of, bit of fear in the instructor's eyes about you guys are in for it because these they said these tests are going to be written by a physicist. They are going to be equations. Uh, bring your equation knowledge as much as anything else. You're going wow. to be doing heat loss equations. Mm. Uh, you are going to be measuring heat flows through uh, assemblies. glass assemblies and you know yeah, bring your physicist hat and Chris you still I, feeling good about this no but I've got, <laughs> I've got some dust to blow off some old uh, yeah. books here to yeah well I'm not feeling good about it I haven't taken it yet um, there's actually the test was this weekend for this session I'm, I'm gonna be waiting to the next one so I missed that um, but uh, you're doing this instead. You decided to. That's come right. I'm, 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 yeah. I am Thank here you with for all making of that you. sacrifice, Jesse. Yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah. No. So it's a, it's a, it's a very intensive session, and the test. Um, they were acting like we should have been. We should be scared about this test. The questions are, uh, essay questions. They are things like. Oh really? Yes. Not multiple choice. Describe the appropriate selection of windows in a passive house. Wow. That's, I think, one of the study questions that you should know. That's actually, I feel better. I mean, like, if, if, if our architectural exam, you know, you could explain some stuff. I mean, yeah. Right, that's different. Maybe that, they, they think that's how they're going to get the engineers. Well, and in the world of Google, Google you can't, I mean, people can Google any simple question. Right. You can't Google an essay question. No, that's very true. <laughs> well, I have great faith in you. Me well, too, and, and thanks for uh, coming in for this part of our uh, yeah. uh, podcast. Sheila will... Validate your parking. No, okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. You bet. Anytime. I think you're doing all right. Oh, thanks. Uh, I, feel little, I look a little sloppy today. Yes, the Flash Gordon. Or not Gordon. The flash is the Flash. Flash and Flash Gordon, which you totally I know. It's the Flash T-shirt. If you guys could see him, it'd be kind of... Flash, it's my favorite t-shirt, you know. It looks like you've worn, worn it a, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it suits you. You're fine. You're fine. So, um, Tell me a little bit about what do you have to do to actually get this done. You know, how do, Okay. How do you get her done, Chris? What's the, what's the certification process right. look like? Here's my knowledge of it. And I say that because I haven't done it yet. Mm. But this is what I'm preparing to do. This is before, I, before we came on here. I've already asked myself this... Exact same question. Okay, because like with lead, you know that's a, that's a big process. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you have to gather and all that. So, so for final certification, basically because you've done the PHPP, right? You have uh, the you know each tab basically is a worksheet, you know, for each subject having to do with energy consumption or whatever. So basically, you have your PHPP, and you give that to or 
let me back up. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You're working with a, a passive house consultant, like like you know, like Jesse's going to be, mm -hmm. um, who is going to basically certify your um, your project. You know, they've got a direct line of communications to, well, I don't know, passive house. You know, I haven't passed. I haven't passed it, so I don't know. They have the secret code that that mm -hmm. gives them the power to give you a certification. But basically, you give them your, uh, you know. Your PHPP worksheet, which has all the um, uh, you know uh, sub worksheets in it, you give them your construction documents um, along along with your technical specifications. Uh, and then you need, of course, your verification for the airtightness of the building, because that's a real world thing. You should have you should be working with a um, some kind of uh, you know energy auditor who has that mm -hmm. output for you, whether it's a REM REM rate output or whatever. Uh, and you submit that as well. Um, and then, you, you, remember I mentioned before that you'd have um, uh, any record adjustments to the ventilation that was made uh, on site afterwards. Mm -hmm. That's, that also you submit. Um, then there's a little declaration by the uh, construction, the, you know, by the GC or the construction supervisor, basically, you know, it's sort of an affidavit saying that they've, mm -hmm. you know, built the house like you designed it. So these are almost kind of akin to what lead requires. It's, it's kind of akin, only it's, I, I think, in, in size and scope, much smaller. And your builder has to learn German. Exactly. And write, write. That's the only little... No, just right. kidding. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, photographs or any other supporting documentation. But I think, I think where it's different than lead is there's, you know, the uh, Passive House Consultant has some leeway in their, you know... Not leeway. That's the wrong word. That's not a very German word. <laughs> no, there is, there is no translation for leeway. leeway. No, I bet they don't or have almost that. Yeah. or sort of. That'd be funny. Please, please, German <laughs> listeners, send me an email. I hear what the German word for leeway is. But um, uh, anyway, and then there's photographs. You know, uh, I already said that. But any any other rogue thing that your project your project probably has some one really cool thing that's mm -hmm. doing something that nobody else. If I know you, Phil. You're doing something, something zoomy and wacky, yeah, yeah and, and and really awesome, and so you want that documentation anyway, and then that's it, and then you know the powers that be determine your house and passive house, and you get to you know enter the halls of Valhalla and all that jazz, and, and good on you, mate. Right on. Well, I think you're gonna do it. I'm I'm psyched to, well, to hear more about your process while you're going through this. My client said failure is not an option, so I'm going to do it. That's fantastic. It is. It is. He's right on board. It's, it's really great. And, um, and and that's what kind of what matters, isn't it? Because we know how to hit this. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it, I mean, what you you make sure you get the airtightness, but as long as the model says you got it, you got it. That's right. That's right. But it, but that again, that goes to the credit of the PHPP. You know that those numbers, you know that that's why the consultant, even if you do it yourself, mm -hmm. it goes to the consultant who checks your work mm -hmm. and says, no, you know what is this number here? Where yeah. did that come from? Mm -hmm. You know, so you don't get a blind pass. Um, and it's not a rubber stamp by any means. And um, and so then the mm -hmm. question of when do you engage the help of that consultant? I think that's a variable in how comfortable you are uh, with the. But in, and I think it's usually about a, six months before you get the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally, I think it is. If you I research think, it and be ready when right. the person it, comes I think to the it door. Is, I think it is a little less important uh, than with lead, you know, because you've got that score sheet. Everyone needs to know, you know, 
be on the same page. Mm-hmm. What are we going? What are we doing? What are, what are we after? And what does it you know all meet? Whereas this, everyone knows the end goal. So it's sort of like, you know, you need to bring them in just just as I think it would be helpful to have them as a consultant mm-hmm. to you know share their experience, especially if you haven't done one before. Like I'm going to be talking to one. So mm-hmm. um, who are you using? Um, well, I don't know yet, so mm-hmm. I'm, I won't say on the podcast. Okay. But okay. probably by the time this comes out, I will yeah. already be talking to them, and there's not that many in yeah. Maine, so it's not. But I will t- I will tell you if you're looking for work these days, you're slow. Yeah, you want to go through passive house certification. There you go. People, these guys are in demand. They are because they they're are not busy. many. They're not many. Exactly, they are busy. So yeah. if if you have the the guts to to power through this certification, there you go. Yeah, there's work for you, and I think it's just going to continue to increase. So I think that does it, Phil, until, we, until we've built a few of these and, and we have some experience to share with our listeners on, on the end results of this. Well, let's plan on coming back and talking about it more. Okay. Do you feel more so, do you feel more, how do you feel about Passive House, Phil? Just in summation, because you've, you've uh, voiced yeah. skepticism to me, just as a standard. Yeah. You know, I, because, and we should you talk know, about it, it. because it is so discretionary, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love, you know, a climate change is obviously a very important thing. For me, or I wouldn't be in this business, but yeah. it's a much harder sell. Like I know, honestly, mm-hmm. I know how to talk about the low energy and net zero homes in a different way because I understand the optimization point where it makes sense in a logical and economic way. Okay, that there is a trade-off. You hit a certain point, and the mechanical systems essentially drop away. You get rid of your furnace and the additional money that you spend on the insulation, uh, air tightness, yeah, and um, Better windows and doors makes up uh, is paid for by that reduction in mechanical system. See, I I feel like this is very very similar to net zero mm-hmm. in terms of all the goals that you're you're after. Except here, there's a standard that you mm. that you're like like for you when you're doing net zero. If I can put words in your mouth, yes, might as well. That for net zero, you're working on this one case, you know, this one house and what it's. Uh, you know, it's payback, it's return on its own investments and mm-hmm. things like that. It's mm-hmm. it's a unique thing. Whereas this is a standard that is that you're saying might not be ideal for everyone in every house. Mm-hmm. Whereas your other metric might be, or I, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's a question. I mean, the specifics. My biggest lesson came in not being able to, or, or getting to a point with this remodel that we were working on, where we said, you know what, we threw up our hands and said, this just doesn't make sense, guys. Yes, we've gotten to these numbers. We've we've hit it, but the things that we're doing to this house, it just doesn't seem like a natural fit. It doesn't. It just. It seemed a little funny. It seemed cost prohibitive. Well, again, you know, Katrina in her first house poured fourteen inches of insulation under her slab, and that's where we were. We had to do fourteen to do this, right? And we had to do four inches of EPS on the inside of our crawl space, and. Four and three eighths of Roxel on the outside of the of that. Oh, in addition, in addition, yeah, yeah, we had to do the standard two by six walls filled with cellulose, and another six inches of rigid insulation, poly iso. Wow, not just XPS. That's a lot. Now you're scaring me. <laughs> no, yeah, um, and so you're not going to find this, Chris, because you have an ideal situation. You have a new house. Yeah, but retrofits are different, and even with the new retrofit standards that we were trying to hit, and it was, it was just under. 8,000 BTUs per square foot per year versus the just under five number. Yeah. And instead of 15 oh, kilowatt hours per square meter, mm-hmm. uh, it goes up to 25. Even still, even with those numbers, 
we backed off. And probably the most interesting thing that we learned, and we are very lucky to work with Mark Rosenbaum on this. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, Svea Tolberg actually helped Mark out another Nice. Great PSVS consultant in Maine. Yeah, rock few. stars on this thing. Yeah, um, and it was great. And we just went back and forth. And, and finally we said we could, didn't hit it. Uh, are there things now, knowing that we're not going to do PSVS, that we should have done differently? Yeah. And I don't want to get into specifics, but yeah, there were a couple things. We said maybe we don't need to, to cover yeah. our, mm. our windows completely. You know, you just make sure they're covered from this point to that point in time. And... You know, maybe we didn't need six inches of poly. So you're probably okay with four now. Um, hmm. So that led me to question things. I see. Again, we're, we're just feeling this thing out. But I want to see, I really want to revisit this thing as we learn more. Me too. So we'll, we'll be back on this subject probably in about a year or so. Yep. We have this stuff under our belt. Well, before we go, do you have, do you have any hot zigs or six-digit ideas? Well, I'll tell you something that I learned and... Um, it may, have, it may have changed since I last heard it. So somebody, again, write us and tell us if that's the case. But uh, my old digs, Boulder, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I got my, my, my first real architecture jobs out there. Oh, so you must have been just a kid. I was, I was just a little baby. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, and you know, these guys are, it's a progressive city. It really is. It's yeah. They really do some wonderful stuff. It, uh, there's there's not the the fights that you would get in in, in places all around the country because mm-hmm. everybody is like minded and fighting hard to do the right thing reduce climate change in a very aggressive way. Yeah, they have hers ratings that you have to hit that are based on the size of the square footage of your house. And if your house is over five thousand square feet, you have to have a hers of zero. Holy monkey! Isn't that cool? Well, I yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's like it's mandated. Wow! You want, a, like, you want a big house? Woo. You get down, my friend. Wow, that's like saying tax cut, tax cuts for the rich. No, <laughs> I mean it's like saying, uh, wow, that's like saying if you if you if you're gonna if you're so if you're gonna build so big if you're gonna make such a footprint, then you need to you need to offset that by being net zero. Holy cow! Yeah. So there, there goes. There's not gonna be many. Well, who knows? Oh, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of money there. You know, people buy they can buy themselves out of this, which is wow. You know, maybe it's okay. Yeah. You know, if you're powering your own place and you know, you that's enough cool. to so, feed other people with your PV, your 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 own little power plant. I think that's that's kind of okay too. I mean, do you know what's what's ahead? I mean, like, so what if I'm three thousand square feet? Like, do you know what? I don't know the specific numbers, but right. it, you know, it increases right. chunk by chunk. So that's a hot zig. That's a hot zig idea. Let's call it a hot zig. Woohoo! Woo! Great. I had a six-digit idea. I don't know if we have time for it, Sheila. Yeah. <laughs> no. You know what? <laughs> Chris, you're gonna do it anyway. Well, then she said yes okay. or no. That was nice so, of you. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sheila. Anyway, so I had this idea, and I feel like I've talked. I've talked to you about this before. Kind of hope I haven't done it on there. If so, we're gonna end this up. I rarely listen to you, Chris. I know. <laughs> so. So. Not true. Uh, have you heard of a Sterling engine? I have not. Yeah, everyone should like no. Google Sterling no. engine. It's like it's like the closest thing to a perpetual motion machine. You know that's mm-hmm. it's not well. It's it's a heat pump, but it's mm-hmm. it's like a reverse heat pump. Um, hmm. Here's here's how I got here. Okay. Right? Imagine if you will, you're putting uh, solar hot water on your roof, right? Yes. And in the summertime, what's happening? 
you've got all the hot water in the world. You have more hot water than you need, right? Yep. So, uh, you then you have when you're doing a solar dump, what are you doing? You're wasting energy. Like I hear that, I hear that solar dump. Right. That just seems so wasteful, right? So yeah. I thought to myself, well, what if you had a reverse heat pump? You know, you put heat mm-hmm. in, get electricity out. Oh, you know, do the exact. Oh, really? Yeah. Why not? I mean, you take the heat pump, only you just you you kind oh. of you use the heat, you use the pressure of the mm-hmm. refrigerant. You know, so it's sort of like a steam engine. You know, you put heat in, and you have pressure, and that pressure pushes a piston that generates an, an engine. Right? That's how steam engine works. A Stirling engine uh, is a closed system mm-hmm. using it uses a refrigerant or something like that, where mm-hmm. um, you have that the, that steam engine effect liquid turns to gas, pushes a piston, and then condenses back into liquid and goes back and then gets heated up. And How cool! Exactly. So... And I this had, exists. This is what the Stirling well, engine yeah, thing is. Well, I find out the Stirling mm-hmm. engine exists because I start Googling reverse heat pump because surely I can't be the first person to think of this. I cannot You're be... You're a smart dude. No way. There's I'm no past way. You. Uh, I would. I would put way... You're going to make it near time no someday, Chris. One day. Oh, God. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Anyway. Um... And so then I, then I found like a couple of, then I found that's called a Sterling engine and that's an old, old invention. And you can get little Sterling engine models and things. I'm like, man, man, I feel so close to this. And I talked, I got excited. I talked to, um, uh, a Pacoon and I also talked to Dana Fisher about, yeah. you know, these, these, this idea. And both of them poo-pooed it like the cold climate refrigerator yeah. where they're like, well, we designed our system so there's really not that much heat. We, we, do them to the winter, you know, so they don't really have that much heat, or they have the shut-off valves, or blah blah blah. I'm like, ah, I want mm-hmm. someone to jump in there. Anyway, that's my six-digit idea. If that's someone cool comes idea. up with a, you know, a cheap way to take advantage of spin-off heat in the summer. Yeah, I, you know, I guess I would question how much electricity that, did, that that little dump would actually produce. That's what they all say. It's like, so <laughs> you know, so you're going to you do it small and affordably yeah. and it just feels good. It feels so like you're not wasting right. it. Yeah, in the passive house, every little bit makes a difference. Right? Well, exactly. I mean, spend $1,500 for a piece of machinery that gives you, you know, like the same energy as a nine volt battery mm-hmm. and you're going to feel dumb. So anyway, take us out, Phil. All We're right. done here. I mean, this is a band. <laughs> all right. The, the, the name of the song is time fading lines. Mm-hmm. And the name of the and the name of the band is Woods. Woods. Uh, and these guys, I have to laugh because I thought I picked a band that was not from Brooklyn for oh, you know fifty percent. You've got to are. be kidding I me! I could afford their Pacific <laughs> Northwest and sure. So you just naturally you are you actually have this natural attraction to Brooklyn bands. I wish I lived there. Maybe I don't think so, but I think I, at least I wish I was able to go see bands there. I think it's, it's that, the good stuff. It's that, something in the water. Yeah. Well, what's that? It's that backgroundish, but not really backgroundish sound. It's like that—that that, I don't know—the chiminess, that that kind of reverberation that these. Tell us about the band, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Good drinks, Chris. Yeah, great, great. With ours, right? Yeah, fantastic. No, you do your music. Um, I have to say, I saw these guys in in uh, Portland last year, and you know, when the, by the time this podcast airs, it's gonna. We're probably going to be past 2010, but I have to say, yeah. this is going to be one of my top two, three albums of 2010. Oh, wow. in the top slot. That surprised big. me. I listened to this nonstop. I mean, just gorgeous, gorgeous tunes, and the melodies and the, and the harmonies are, are phenomenal. And when I, it's one of those bands that when I saw them in concert. I mean, I listened to the album, but I didn't listen to it. And I saw them in concert, and it blew me away. Uh, and all I can say is just 
this just the melody of this song is just brilliant stuff fantastic it's feel good awesome well phil thanks for sharing it chris yeah thanks for talking about pa- uh, passive house with me and let's do this again soon absolutely all cheers right. cheers buddy. thanks all